drifted away from me and started getting into other things. But it wasn't until middle school that I started taking um, producing seriously. So I went from rapping to producing. All right, so now I'm in middle school. I'm building my brand. I start making beats. Me and my twin brother, we form our company called Twin Beats. And it started off as just us making beats. And we used to go to high school and we we have pet rallies. We'll um, make clothes, just different things to um, promote brand awareness, to let everybody know what we were doing. And a lot of times people looked at it like just a small, just hey, the twin brothers, they just making music. But over time, over time, we started incorporating more things into the brand without realizing it. Like my brother, um, he, he DJs now. And at first I told you it was just me making beats, but now our company has this jockeying, um, recording, the recording studio offers digital um, mixing and mastering. Um, I told you I got the music production. So like, it's just been a, um, it's been, it's been a lifelong grind that I'm really just now realizing. And now I can just say I'm blessed to, I went from, I'm sorry, I know I'm scrambling, but it's just a long journey that I'm kind of unfolding myself as I'm talking. But before I have, before I um, acquired the studio that I have now, um, which I call a living room, I started off with one of my um, good buddies who taught me how to record. Um, I knew Montgomery, Alabama, so, Dang, I feel like I'm scrambling. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. You you uh you just taught telling us a little bit about yourself, and we'll get into the particulars of uh, why you're sitting there thinking and getting comfortable. Because I know it can be kind of shaky. Yeah, I get it. But so we'll talk to Javaris about you know uh, something that he does that's always been a staple in the neighborhoods is you know barbershops. Barbershop has always been the spot. Like you go there and you get your cut. And, and everybody uh, uh, ribbing on each other, just talking about different stuff. And then it gets political. You know, it just covers so much. So, DeVars, what are you seeing now that you're actually starting your own? Uh, any difference in the way they used to do it and how you're trying to do it? Or you got something uniquely? What? So let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I would say being in a barbershop now, I would say not a lot has changed as far as like doing for the community or politics or anything like that like you still have those you still got people that's in the shop you know you come you get your cut you talk about a lot of things you talk about sports politics um relationships it's really the go-to place for a lot of men to like just come and unfold what, what you're feeling what's going on yeah. and i would say learning well just being in the shop it, it helped me to realize how how big of a important thing it is to like be in a barbershop or cut hair or stuff like that it's really a lot of times it's really just like therapy you know yeah because you got people that come get their cut and you, you just talking to your client there and out of nowhere but the conversation probably go <laughs> what they've been dealing with for a week yeah. or last yeah. couple months or anything like that so just being a barber it really opened my eyes to a lot of things that men deal with or yeah. men feel inside stuff like that, you know. So, and on top of that, I'm learning. I'm like I said, I'm starting my own business, so I plan to really keep that same energy. I would say yeah. and just make it work for me. Yeah. And 
while I'm trying to just branch out on my own stuff, I just really plan to do that same thing, keep that same type of environment, I would say. Yeah, that's so, cool. That's cool. I, you know, now they're requiring um, barbers and beauticians to have some type of formal training or even CEUs, which is continued education units, uh, for mental health to help people when they come there because the barbershop has been uh, a staple where people felt like they can come and just really let go, you know, and not be something, you know, not be judged for what they believe and what they say. And so, you know, I deal with a lot of people um, daily that deal with stuff and they don't know how to deal with it until they get to me. And I'm like, you know, at some point you have to do some of these things on your own. And the barbershop has been a place where people can go and be like, let some of that off before they even get to me. And they can actually rationalize and function when they get to me and we can actually talk about some serious stuff. So a lot of times, you know, uh, when they can come to a barbershop or a petition and just kind of talk freely, that helps. So you keep doing what you're doing and, you know, always be mindful that helping people is a great, great opportunity. Uh, we as people are our own resources. So we use that, you know, just like Makai doing music, Drew over there doing the numbers and accounting and all that kind of stuff. You got to use people as resources. So and and and, and so we're going to get more into that mental health piece. But Drew, you know, you, you're talking about accounting, you're going further in school, post-grad, uh, um, and you're just really trying to do something on the corporate end, sounds like. But if I'm wrong, let me know where you're at with that. Um, well, first, you know, let's give a shout out to the CEO, the, the, the <laughs> black owned business owner right here. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, okay, so for me, um, you know, coming into college, uh, I really didn't have a blueprint of the route that I wanted to take. Um, so for me, it started with the track. First and foremost, I wanted to go to college to, you know, continue my education. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, uh, compete in track and field too, because that was a passion of mine at the time. Um, I wanted to compete at a, at a high level, yeah. um, but throughout my college career, you know, it was all about, you know, building connections, you know, it's all about, you know, yeah. building connections yeah. that take you a long way, right. take you a long way. So, um, I was blessed to be able to come across some, some people who were my teammates as well, and they were already in the business profession and they basically, you know, guided me and mentored me throughout that same route because, um, I wanted to be a professional, but didn't know what I yeah. wanted to do. Gotcha. So, um, you know, we ended up being numbers. Um, uh, so when I when I came into college, I was a marketing major, but um, marketing is kind of hard, you know. You yeah. Don't know what you really want to do with it in the, the business world. So, um, I ended up changing my major to accounting. I joined a couple organizations, and everything went from there. I ended up interning with one of the, the big four accounting firms two years in a row. Yeah. And they gave me a full time offer, and Everything else been history from there, um, but I will say, um, I would say the journey has been been great. God has been good to me um, to be able to come from the country, a small town, less than ten thousand people, yeah. and I took two masters or two degrees, bachelor's and my bachelor's degree. I was one of the first out of my high school to obtain two degrees. Um, and you said you said out of your high school, not family. Out of your high school, yes, sir. Yes, wow, sir. Um, family as well too. Okay, um, I was the first. Well, from what I know, to you know, obtain two two degrees. Yeah. So um, that's been a blessing for me, and I'm 
blessed and highly favored to, uh, to obtain those degrees and just the achievement myself, you know, from track and field to education to just trying to better myself as a professional. Um, and I and I carry that day to day. Um, you know, just me for me, because I haven't started yet in my career. Yeah. So um I plan to sit for the CPA exam. I haven't really had the motivation to sit uh, to, to really study and sit down. But you know, it's no rush when it comes to obtaining, you know, certification behind your name. So but once I actually start working, yeah, I do plan to, you know, get on my grind and obtain that certification because it's definitely needed. Not saying it's needed to be, you know, successful in accounting, right. but that certification behind your name can carry you for the rest of your life. That's and cool. that's one of the certifications that I that's one of the highest certifications that you can achieve yeah. in accounting. And that's you know, that's one of the things that I plan to aim for. Um so other than that, um, just taking the day-to-day, um, just getting that experience. For me, once I start working, you know, just getting that experience, I'm not sure if I want to be in corporate accounting forever. Um, just have to see, you know, the way my my journey goes. Uh, I may be, I may enter in the banking, yeah. um, you know, credit union side, who, who knows. But just getting that experience, obtaining that knowledge, and, you know, always be willing to learn and listen. Yeah, day to day, take in everything that I can, so I can carry that with me wherever I decide to go after that. So that's pretty much it. That's cool. That's cool. Jalil, you got any question for him before I go into my next question? Oh uh, no, you go ahead. Lead the way. Okay. Um. So now we kind of laid the groundwork. Where Where are y'all at when it comes to mental health? Like, what? <clears throat> how How do y'all deal with it? And have y'all encountered it yet? And do you, I mean, I know some of us, we all can say we know somebody that's dealing with some type of mental health. But I mean, from y'all perspective, because like like Drew said, y'all are trying to be CEOs pretty much. You know, y'all trying to run your own thing and doing your own thing. And he's trying to go back to school to further himself and trying to make the decision to build corporate or whatever. Where, where are you guys at with your mental health? Mental health. I'm just hoping the floor is open. Whoever, well, I, I go first. Mental health um, definitely plays a big part. Um, for me, when I graduated undergrad with my bachelor's, um, I had a full-time offer, but my full-time offer was for another year and a half later. So that left me with the mindset of what's next. Drew, so, hold up. Tell them what you said when you a full-time offer for what? Oh, full-time offer to go into public accounting okay. for one of the big four accounting firms. Gotcha. Okay. So my offer wasn't until a year and a half later. So um, I didn't want to go back for my master's. Um, I was honestly just out of school. Um, and, you know, going back for your master's is a lot of money that I, I really didn't have. Yeah. I uh, wasn't trying to take out no more loans than what I already took out in undergrad. And I wasn't trying to put myself in more debt than what I always was in. So for me, um, so when I graduated with my bachelor's, um, I was kind of just lost for real, honestly. I really don't talk to too many people about, you know, what I'm going through, both family, friends, um, and colleagues. I really, you know, keep a lot of stuff to myself and, yeah. you know, I just deal with it as the days go by. But, um, you know, throughout my last semester before I graduated, you know, it's just, like I said, about building connections and, you know, all about who you know. So one of my professors... You know, he contacted me after uh, I graduated undergrad and just asked me was I trying to come back from a master's degree. And I told him, um, I'm not sure. Yeah. 
um, really didn't have the funds or the money to be able to pay for my master's degree. And, you know, he made a couple calls and I reached out to the dean. Me and the dean had a conversation and we we're close. Uh, you know, we still talk to this day and he ended up um, making a way for me by paying for all of my, my, my master's. So I didn't wow. come out of pocket for nothing. That's my cool. master's degree was paid for in full. And that was a blessing itself because so that lot, they lifts all that stress that you were able to get rid of that stress. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that itself um was a was a blessing for me. Um, I went ahead and went forward with the process, got my master's degree, and now you know I'm coaching. <clears throat> time for me to start my career job. Um, but I would say mental health is definitely important because um, if you don't have that support system. Um, you don't have, you know, those close friends that those family members that you can actually talk to and who are supporting you, you know, day to day, you know, it can, it can, it can, it can be hard, I would say for me, because, um, you know, support is always important, you know, and, you know, if you don't have that support system, you kind of feel like, you know, you're alone, and then you're again inside the head and thinking all types of stuff that you really shouldn't be thinking, you yeah. know, so, um, I would say mental health for me, um, I would say mental health wise percentage, I'm probably at a, I would say 70, 70. You know, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty high too. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's, it's pretty decent. Um, I would say for me, like now, as I, as I go by my days, um, I would say support for me is just whoever, Whoever supports me, they support me. Whoever don't, then it is what it is. I don't have no bad blood against you. It is whoever supports me, he supports me. And those are the people that, you know, I hold close to me by my side, you know, throughout my journey. And, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You know, I continue to pray, talk to God, get closer to God. The more, the more, the more the, the, the days go by. And that's pretty much it. Support system is definitely important. Um you know, having that confidence, to, having the confidence to tell yourself that you can do anything that you put your mind to. Um, you don't need, you know, this person or that person to be successful. You know, you got the mind, you got the, the dedication and the motivation to go get it. You gonna get up and go get it, and that's what I have to tell myself constantly. Um, so that's, that's pretty much what I'm What about you, Makai and Jabars? Well, <clears throat> I can speak for me. Uh, mental health, mental health is. It's a um, it's a pivotal aspect in life that I really didn't understand until now. I can say um, I come from a single parent household. My mom has five kids, and you know how it is. Like when when that's what you're used to, when you're used to struggle, or just okay to explain my sibling situation. I have I have a twin brother, so it's me and my twin. I have three sisters, and it's just my mom. So in that that setting right there, it puts you kind of like in a different position as a black man, America, because here I am, me, my brother, we kind of poor, and it's three other people. Well, yeah, it's three other females and my mom. So now I'm growing up in a position where I'm like, I feel helpless, but I I need to do something to help, but I can't. So I started working when I was 16. I worked at Zaxby's. And I was that kid who, after class, I'm not going. Well, I started off playing football. Okay, so that was me trying to enjoy 
my childhood. But over time, I started realizing like, wow, I'm putting my all into this, but I'm not getting what I'm putting into it. And whole time, my family's struggling. I'm struggling. I can't, like, my mom didn't get her first car till I was a freshman in high school. Like, like honestly, I had my, my like, we didn't even have a box frame or uh, uh, what, what is it called? A box frame or the bed for the bed. Yeah, bed like, frame. that was, yeah, that was normal to me. Like, that was normal to me until I started going to my friends' houses and started seeing, like, oh, y'all privileged. Or, like, oh, y'all have more than, like, but this normal to me, so... I, I'm going back to my um, childhood to basically say, like, I didn't realize that I had a lot of mental health issues that I had to deal with until now. And honestly, me trying to form my business, it helped me learn a lot about myself. So, um, all right, now we have my childhood where I feel like, dang, um, I want to provide, but I can't. So now I'm going through mental health issues young, just knowing starting to figure out what it feels like to be a black man and trying to, um, you know, dealing with the mental burden of just like, dang, I want to do so much more than I am right now, or I want to help out. So I started that early. So now I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. I'm so, I'm not realizing that, dang, I'm, I'm going so hard for everybody else or just to make sure everybody else good that I'm, it's to the point where I'm not even learning myself. Like, after school, I'm going to work. Like, I'm not able to enjoy playing football or I'm not able to enjoy, like, my proms because the whole time, everybody else, their parents helping them get their stuff. I'm I'm working a double to make sure I get my prom stuff. So, okay, now, there's another issue that a lot of people want to deal with. Basically, I'm, I'm going back to all my younger traumas. So and basically, I want to just show people how, like, it's never too late to address old issues if you get what I'm saying. It's and once you realize it, like it's privilege that you give at that time and that discussion that it deserves because it prohibits you from becoming the person that you need to become in the future. Okay, so boom. Now I got that 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 um baggage of okay, I want to be a provider, but I can't. So now I'm dealing with that anxiety. So I told you about the little prom situation. High school, I also learned that wow. All you have is you in this world because I got my heart broke. And in this stage of my life, I'm dealing with like abandonment issues because, like I said, single parent household, I'm a twin. I'm like, why my dad don't want me? I'm a twin. Like my um, I wanted to get in a custody case with my grandmother and my mom. So imagine how it feels to be a child. And you you're literally in a custody case between mom and grandma. Like, the last words I can remember hearing my grandma saying while she was living was watch out for your mom. And my grandmother stayed in New York, so and, and my mom stays in Alabama. So one day I'm at school, mind you, like this the custody case still going. I know it's jumping well, but just trying to make a long story short. So one day I'm at school and <clears throat> you know the custody case told your grandma said watch out for your mom that same day. I'm outside playing my French and air. I see my mom for the first time in two years. Mind you, my grandparents brainwashed me against them. And the whole situation with that is it's a custody case because my mom is my mom. That's, I, you know, I love my mom to death, but this is my grandma, this grandma house. We live better, our bed off the floor, we eat better. You know how that goes. So now I'm like torn in between two places. So I'm brainwashed. My mind, I see my mom for the first time forever. I want to run, but I can't do that. So... From the, um, that point, 
we get on our van, we go to Jamaica, Queens, and with the clothes that's on my back, I don't get to say bye to my grandma. My mom smashed my phone, and now we're going way back to Alabama. So um, going back to, like, you know what I said about the prom, being that kid. So being that I was going through all that, I was the kid that I guess people call it simp. Like, in high school, everybody was, oh, I'm going to get all the hoes, we get all the hoes, we get all the hoes. But I'm the person, like, dang, I don't want hoes, but I can't understand why. But but growing older, I'm realizing that it's because I, I really needed somebody because I was going through so much. Like, my family couldn't be a family because all the stuff that was going on. And mind you, so I'm dealing with family issues, financial issues. Like, I'm dealing with all of this you know, at one time. So then I get my heart broke. So now I don't have my dad around to, to kind of like guide me and make me feel like okay for feeling how I'm feeling. So now I'm like, dang, I'm a simp. So now I'm going through trying to understand that it's okay to have feelings and things like that as a black man. Um, I'm trying to think of other stuff, but basically that's just a whole bunch of the old, you know, my old, old stuff that I'm getting into. So when I, how I translate that to like modern day me, I can say, um, I started working, um, like I said, high school, in high school. And I did that all the way until um, I graduated. I started working at Target. Every day I'm, I'm waking up miserable, like, dang, like, I'm getting $15 an hour, but I'm still struggling. Like, I'm in college. Like I'm, I'm financially just everywhere. So I'm still dealing with these problems from the past that I'm not realizing. And now I'm waking up miserable every day because I'm at a job that I dread and I can't understand like, why am I so unhappy? And that was because I'm like, dang, I'm working for everybody else. I'm doing this, I'm slave every day, but I don't have a plan. What am I gonna do? And I got my studio situation going, but it's not feeling like a legit business because I talk, I had three studios before I got the studio that I have now. So one, I have partnered with my friend and when I got, I'm 21 now, when I got when I was 19 and I wound up losing that studio, I did everything right. But um, my landlord basically told me he would have to double my rent if I kept calling him to fix issues. And I'm a young kid, so I'm like, this isn't right. Like he's trying to take advantage of me. So, I wound up losing my studio. So now I'm just at a place where like, I don't have a plan. I'm close to graduating college. Like I'm just all over the place. You know, like I kind of don't have anybody to lean on cause I'm at a position where I feel like, like I've been heartbroken before, you know, everybody after it, everybody after that heartbreak, I'm starting to see that people aren't perfect. People gonna use you. So now I'm at a spot like, dang, like what do I do? As far as mental health, like I'm dealing with all of this. I'm dealing with all of this at one time. A lot of it, like I'm really missing out because I'm trying to make everything make sense. So basically I say, um, out of that, I use out of that as motivation to just get me to where I'm at now as um, far as with my business. So I went from basically getting put out of studio and um, um, I'm trying to make everything make sense. Okay, so I'm getting put out of my studio and at this time, I'm trying to join an organization in school and I'm trying to pass my classes. I'm trying to do all this at the same time. So I wind up joining the organization. I wind up getting done with my classes, everything. But I'm like, 
I kind of accomplished all my goals, but I still feel like empty. Like I still feel like what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I still feel like wow, everybody looking at me like I'm doing, I'm doing so good, I'm doing all this, but I still feel like like yeah, I'm like, what do I have to offer? What like I'm still alone, I'm still like people looking at me like I'm I done made it and I'm rich and they don't even understand like I put my my last couple of dollars into my business and now I'm like dang everybody happy about my business but I'm like I don't even know if people appreciate my business the you know what I'm saying the way I do it now I'm finding myself matching my success to a dollar you know what I'm saying and that is the most dangerous thing you can do because I find myself like wow, I put all this energy into it, but I'm not getting this money back. So do I suck? Like, like it's so much. I, I'm going through all this to basically say, like, especially with this COVID thing, it's so much that that that, that you were dealing with that you have to be honest with yourself about. And I want to tell everybody that it's okay to um, go through those lonely nights because that's what, that's what makes champions. Like, uh, you will always fail if you, you have all this baggage and you choose to not deal with it or you choose to be oblivious to it. Like, you can't grow that way. So I went into, I know it kind of probably doesn't make sense, but I went into all of that old stuff to basically say, like, these, this stuff that I went through, although, like, it was, like, it was very challenging to, like, anybody's mental health. Like, I'm feeling alone. I'm feeling like, I don't have help from my parents. Not, I'm trying to understand that, dang, I can't be mad with my mom because she can't help. Like I, I went, I was at a point where I was feeling like, dang, like why my mom not going hard enough? But when I got older, I had to realize that she was giving the best she could, like certain circumstances you can't control, like all of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if Drew is at a sibling, where are you? I'm not going to lie. I'm at a point where I'm really trying to just... Give me a number, my guy. Give, <laughs> give me a number. I can't say a number because I'm not... I'm I'm kind of... Um, when you play cards, we say one in the pocket. I'm kind of so a rebel. Give me a number. I'm kind of <laughs> a rebel. So I'm that guy that's going to tell you. I'm not, I can't put a number on my mental health. One day I might feel like a 70. The next day I might feel like a negative 70. Like Ooh. One thing you have to understand that mental health yep. is something that you have to deal with accordingly each day but true. the important part is that you have to acknowledge it. yeah yeah so yeah my mental health is it's it's everywhere but i'm trying to take those steps to make sure that i can wake up every day and be like okay today's gonna be a good day or today today i'm gonna be happy you know what i'm saying yeah that, that, that's cool because i'm gonna give y'all a little bit of advice but i'm gonna let jabaris go because i, I want to hear what he has to say about his mental health at this point uh, and then I'm going to kind of give you guys some advice based on my experience and also life experiences. I would say collegiate or, or credential experience and then life experience. So I'm going to let Javaris go and then we'll get into that too. Okay, to start, I would say a lot of people's mental health, it starts with how you come up mm -hmm. and how your parents treat you or how you growing up in the household, watching your parents move, yeah. how they deal with relationships, how they deal with stress and all this extra stuff. And it starts with how you come up because you, you have to learn this type of stuff. 
at some point in time. You don't you don't just wake up and be like, oh, now I'm it's mental health. You, right, right. It's right. taught over time, and I would say if you really really don't have those type of situations where you're stressed or you deal with anxiety or you deal with depression or you have those type of things to put those mental illnesses or whatever on you, you really not, you really not understanding like, hey, I'm dealing with this. It takes something for you for those situations to come up out of you. Like me, I would say I started dealing with anxiety heavy around 2019, 2018, I would say. And that's where I really started to understand, like, hey, I'm dealing with uh, mental illness or something. Yeah. And it takes those different types of situations for you to, well, first I would say, for you to know what's going on, mm-hmm. you have to truly, you can sit there and be dealing with depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. whatever and not even know what's going on. You don't right. even know that that's what you're dealing with. Right. So I would say it takes a little bit of education and somebody to help you get through it. Yeah. For me, the people that was around me was like, say, maybe you're dealing with this. You should like try to learn about the different types of situations that you're going through. Right. And how I figured it was anxiety, um, I knew that my heart was beating real fast a lot of times and I'm worried about the future and Mm -hmm. I'm dealing with a bunch of stuff from my past and I would say now I'm not I'm no expert this is just my personal beliefs okay anxiety to me is you living well you're not living in the moment you're worried about the future and you can't get out the past so and living in the I say living in the type of household because if you're if you're in that type of environment where you're taught nothing but negativity, um, just being down and a bunch of low situations, then you really can't help it. So that's that's true. I, the, situ, the situation really is really situational awareness. And then I would say me it took me to research and really learn and just learn about all these different types of mental illnesses to understand like, hey, you can actually come about this. And I would say I'm dealing with it 100% better now because I no longer try to live in the future. I would say the most the most thing I'm dealing with now, and it's still not good, but it's the stress, whatever. Because yeah. I am trying to start my own business. Yeah. I did just graduate college. Yeah. I am yeah. a black man in America. Yeah. So, that's another stress. That is. Right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. But it takes education about these different types of things to actually learn what you're going through and to actually try to come up out of it. So my mental state right now, I would say I'm really, I'm really okay. Okay. You know, okay. It's, What's it's that not, number on okay? <laughs> I, would, I would say about a seven. About a seven, okay. Because a lot of stuff, like I'm really just now learning to actually, I would say, learning how to deal with it better, how to cope, how to um, just be, just know that you have to, you got to do stuff that you love. You know what I'm saying? You have to, you have to take those days, those mental health days, and just, just be 
like relaxed or just yeah. have fun or stuff like that. Like, and you can't just sit here and just like be like live in this negative state and just like just try to take drugs or alcohol stuff to just like suppress it or just hide it inside of you and not talk about it with anybody. So I would say it's really I'm learning about it, but I would say it's still like I said because you know you really don't. There's never really an end game to it. You know, a lot of things. A lot of people don't actually realize that this is just a this is a constant race that you have to deal with. You always it's always it's always gonna be a negative situation. Yeah. It's always gonna be a stressful situation. It's always gonna be a depressive state that you might go through because in life it's not easy. Yeah. yeah. So this is not just oh I beat mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. it's a it's a process. It's a process. Yeah. I, I I will say this though I, I commend y'all young men of. Uh, uh, accepting because a lot of young black men don't accept mental health for what it is. Yeah. And you and you did say it. It's not uh, and I tell every client that I meet when they first come in is that I'm here to help you manage it. Because if you look to get over it and I, I, I want to be cured, it may never come. Yeah. And it's disappointing to I'm know sure. that. And so you have to know that you have to be able to manage it well enough to function daily. And so when you look at it as black men, we're so busy being taught how to be survival of the fittest type yes, thing. You, yes. you have to always survive. We always have to be on the grind, but we have to stop and check in with ourselves. Yes. If you don't check in with yourself, you'll find yourself starting to fail. And if you, like Makai, if you so much giving, giving to everyone else, what do you have for yourself? And so you have to put yourself first before you can help anyone else. If you're not at your best, you're not giving anyone else your goods. You're just giving them half. You have given it. And you want to give your best to everybody that you love. And support is huge. We, mm -hmm. I would say all of us probably have grown up in similar situations because y'all's story sounds a lot similar to mine. Is that and mine. You, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, right. You don't have that support system, man. You will struggle. Just what Drew was saying. You need that support system. And when you're young, growing up in projects, growing up in the country where, you know, people taking buckets for water, all this kind of stuff, that stuff wears on your psyche. And when you don't recognize that you actually were in a struggle, then you're going to sit there and you're going to pile on and pile on. Just what Makai is doing is piling on and piling on. And before you know it, you'll find yourself dealing with some stuff that you never knew you had. And then when you find out, you're like, wow, you know, yeah. If you're if we're not careful as black men in addressing some of our issues, that's when it it, it transforms onto people we truly love. And then it also goes to addiction. All addiction is is trying to get rid of the pain. It's all you're trying to do, it's trying to get rid of the pain. Now, when you say something about anxiety, anxiety is fear-based and control-based. You fear the worst, you fear that the unknown, and then you want to control the, the narrative. We always want to control the narrative. I guarantee you, all four of us, all five of us, actually, black men have an anxiety of failing. Oh, yeah. I would say that's my biggest one. Like, that, that's literally okay. my stress. It's like being a failure. Oh, my. That's literally the thing that I worry about the most. Like, I feel like that's, that's, um, that's kind of where I'm at right now, learning to, um, my, my brother just got a job and he said his boss says, be where your feet are. Yep. And 
I'm really learning to I'm really learning the significance of that saying because a lot of times that a lot of times I worry about failing so much that it blinds me from my wins. Like I'm like, wow, I acquired a whole business and I'm still like, dang, it's not good enough. It's yeah. not good enough. Yeah. Like one thing about it, you can't teach yourself like you gotta know when to give yourself the glory that you deserve because but it goes back to what Javaris was saying though. It goes back to uh, being able to deal with the here and this is the word I'm gonna give you guys here and now. Mm -hmm. Take your mind away from what's happening outside the door. We're in this right here. We're, we're focused. We're in the here and now. You have to always stay in the here and now. And you so, you celebrate the small victories as if they are big victories. Yeah. You don't always celebrate baseball, for instance. They celebrate home runs, but they also celebrate first base. Yeah. They also celebrate second base. So you got to take your time and be accepting to that. So you, when you do that kind of stuff, you'll find yourself being more proud, more more uh, feeling like you've accomplished things. We're so busy to run this race, and the race never stops. That's the problem. The race never stops. It's always a race to be run, ran. And when you're trying to run five, six different races, man, you're going to wear yourself out. Yeah. You're no good for your significant other. You're no good for your family members. You're no good for anybody. So they can't depend on you. Okay. They can't really depend on you. You know what I mean? Okay. I was going to say, but that, that also ties back in to like that support system. You mentioned, you know, you explained all your old issues and trauma that you were going through. But if you don't have somebody that you can truly go to and talk about those issues, you can't recover from it. Yep. In the back of your mind, it'll always be the, about what you went through in your past. That's why, you know, having a good support system, a support system ain't got to be Five, ten, fifteen. Yeah. It could be yeah. one person, two, yeah. three. Yeah. Somebody that you truly trust, like I said, that you can actually go to and talk about it. Because you know, as young black men, yeah. we need to be able to sit down and talk about you know our problems, uh, our good, our bad, and like you like you mentioned, you know, failure being the number one thing. I'll say that's that's true for me too. Failure is like the number one thing that I'm afraid of because yeah. you got the people who want to see you succeed, mm -hmm. and you got the people who don't want to see you succeed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. facts. That's it that's is. life. That's cool. That's facts. You're gonna have your people who, who want to see you do good and you're gonna have your haters. Yeah. Just because of you opening your own studio, just because of yeah. you uh, being your own CEO, getting your own business started. Uh for me, yeah, percentage wise, we like 0.5% in corporate America as uh, as black people. Yeah, 0.5%. Yeah. That's that's small. It is it's not many of us, not many of us, and to be able to obtain to be in that 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 circle is an achievement in itself. Yeah. And it's just like you for for me, I'll say that. Well, for me, those are some of the things that I think about in the back of my head. Like, you know, I gotta keep pushing because I'm 0.5% in corporate America as a black man. Yeah. Uh, I'm the first in my family to do such mm -hmm. and such, or I'm I'm this and I'm that. I'm always, you know, thinking about those things and I use that as motivation, but um yeah, just everything like that support system. I would say that's one of the key things too, yeah. because dealing with those traumas, you gotta have somebody that you can talk to about those problems. Like yeah. um your daughter. Yeah. Me and her have talked mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> we have talked a lot about, you know, my my uh, our traumas and some yeah, of the things yeah. that we've been through in life. And I would say she was helped me get through a lot of a lot of bad days and dark days that I had in my life, just yeah. you know, simply coming to, to sit and talk with her about anything that I got going on like this. Uh, I'm not from Montgomery 
And you know, she's not from my grandma too. Right, but, right. You right. know, we built our relationship early throughout undergrad. And, yeah. You know, it carried on just because right. of one talking. Yeah. Five, six years later, we still close. Yeah. So it's just you know, having those talks with the people that you're close to, yeah. it, it helps you get through a lot of your days a lot better. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, Angela. I want you to tell a little bit about you know what some of the stuff that you went through with your um, uh, radio and all that kind of stuff. But I want to say something. Um, First thing is family is who and what you make it. You know, it, it don't have to be blood family because there's some people out there that will treat you better than your family. So we, we have to definitely acknowledge that. But I would also say in doing all of this and talking about, you know, how we, we were up, uh, brought up, what Javaris was saying is that let's be careful because and I was just telling my daughters this the other night, my wife and I, is that we were kids when we had them. And so we were trying to learn this thing. We didn't know how to raise two, two girls and I'm working, I'm going to school and all, all this stuff. So, you know, as a result, we may have hurt them, not, not knowing unconsciously, yeah, unconsciously not uh, hurting them, but not knowing. And so a lot of our parents go through some of the things that they're going through is some of them, they do it because they just don't care, but there's a great percentage of them just don't know how to be a parent because we didn't know how to be a parent. We, we messed up so much. And I do, I can see that at some point we may have damaged them or caused them. And then they may have been afraid to talk about it. But, you know, I, I like to believe now as we hope they gotten older and they understand us a little bit more that we talk better. We, we connect a lot better than we used to. But as parents, when you're young like that, you don't really know how to parent. You know, when you're living in projects, eating mm -hmm. sugar sandwiches. I mean, I'm talking about literally eating sugar on bread and, 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 and mayonnaise and syrup. You, you ain't thinking about all this stuff, man. But when you get older, you're like, wow, man, we struggle. Yeah. You know, we was in poverty. And so... I, I do say as young men, um, you know, parents have it hard. And we as young men have to understand that we have a great responsibility to do ourselves first, but also our families. And our shoulders are a little bit broader and a little bit stronger. And so we do have to step into those roles. But that doesn't mean that I can't say, you know what, I'm, I'm hurting right now. You know, I'm really struggling with this right now. I just need to be able to talk about it. We have to be open for that. Because at any point in time, any one of us can have a mental health issue right now in this moment. It don't take much. And so we can't look and shy away from it and like, okay, mental health, you know, I'm, I'm cool, I don't get it. You know, man, look, all this, and you said it, with all the stuff that's going on in our world right now, a black man is not safe. He is not safe. And so... You, we're carrying a lot of responsibility, but it's but it's important. It's important that we find that support and that we talk about these things. We have to process through what what's going on in that head. Like you have to unroll that thing and and talk about some issues because the minute you continue to hold, it's just going to pile up and pile up and pile up, and eventually you're going to have a psychotic break. You're going to have a meltdown. You're going to have all these other issues, and it's going to be worse than what it could have actually been. So it's like that molehill turned it into a mountain type of thing. So you got to be careful with that. Makai, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Jaleel go in there. You just keep that in your, in your head. Okay. So, yeah. So, Jaleel, uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, 
your 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 way up and down and side to side, all that stuff. You just kind of tell the guys where where you were and what you started dealing with. Well, yeah, I really just kind of want to address. I mean, I'll get to that too, but I wanted to really address like everything that they just said individually because everything that they yeah. said was like spot on. Just like Drew talking about having that support system, uh, you know, everything about the fight for mental illness is is never over. You just learn how to deal with it better. One day you can be good. I was just having a conversation with somebody last week and we met and I was telling them how bad it was. And then literally like two days later, it's right, it's bad again, even though I just told somebody that I was good. And then same thing about having that uh, emptiness feeling, even though everybody is like praising you for what you're doing, but you still feel like it's not enough. So like when Makai said that, that really hit home with me because I work in news. So a lot of people be like, oh, you're really doing your thing. And I'm like, Bro, I hate this. Like, I don't even want to be here. <laughs> but it's like everybody else see it. And it's just like, they just so fascinated by the stuff that I'm doing or the stuff that I did. And it's like, uh, I guess, you know, I guess, I guess I'm yeah. doing something, but I don't feel it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and again, you know, you are doing something. We all are doing something. Maybe it's not to the specs that we think we should be. Yeah. Because we put we put so much expectation on ourselves. I mean, we, we expect to be the best, right? Social media got a big thing to do with that now. Now, let me tell you this, because before we, you even talk about social media, if oh, anybody is dealing with a mental health issue, please stay off of Facebook. Please stay oh, off yeah. Instagram. Snapchat for real. That is, it is not going to help. Yeah. That's like, that's like the, worst, that's the number one outlet that people use when, mm-hmm. you know, they go going through anything. They go, they run to Twitter, they yeah. run to Facebook, and they, they tweet, they tweet, they tweet. They that's tweet. because people don't know how to be alone, but that's yeah. what makes it all. Like, for real. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah. Man, yeah. Um, I would also say, going back to your daughter, um, you know, we... We have this thing where you know when we when we have our talks, we have our our days when we cry. Yeah, yeah. we have our days when we cry. Yeah, and those those are I would say for me personally, those days be needed so much because you know you 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 battle constantly with you know with whatever it is anxiety, depression, yeah. uh, things that you're going through with family, personal issues, yeah. and you're you're taking it all in, you're taking everything in, you're facing it day to day, and if you don't have nobody to talk to, like me and Kavasia, we go and go and listen to our music. Yeah. And you know, we cry. And, <laughs> okay. and, and it helps the soul. It helps the soul internally so much. Yeah. And, and and I would say just like finding those little things that help you cope better with you know yeah. the things that you're dealing with. You know, yeah. I have I probably I probably cry once every month. Okay. But I mean, as a mm. as a young man, it's it's okay to cry. You well, know, it's okay. But to you cry. got you you off the brain. Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That you can run to if you don't have a support system or you don't have somebody that you can talk to, yeah. And you know, do it, do it individually, personally. That's cool. You gotta be comfortable in your own skin. And one thing about it, like, you gotta take those steps to try to figure out who you are. Because what if, what if there isn't anybody like you can't be relying uh, upon like other people's energies and things like that to bring you up? Like, 
it sucks. It's a sad reality, but sometimes you have to get to that point where you be like, like I'm that, like, and I don't care what this person say or I don't care what this person say. Like, it don't matter. Like, I'm that. If, if, if we ever, if you ever long to be in any type of healthy relationship, I didn't say perfect, healthy relationship, you're going to have to get you in check. Mm-hmm. Your stuff, you you carry into that relationship, that other person bringing into that relationship, it is not going to work until you really understand who you are as a person. You have to delve deep into your past and mm-hmm. deal with those issues. And sounds like every one of us have dealt with issues. And I, I, can, I can be honest with you, uh, because I struggled in our marriage at, at first. You know, we've been married, we've been together 26 years and we'll be married 25 years in October. And so can you imagine the baggage that I took into my marriage and my girls had to see how I treated their mom because of the baggage that I failed to address, I failed to acknowledge and admit to. Because I grew up in an era that you cried, you, you, you're going to get a whooping. For crying, yeah, you know, you crying, you don't hurt yourself, or you know, you don't did something, and, and you hurt, and they they tell you to suck it up, and you know, don't cry. So or, I've always been like that. Or when you get to that point where, like, this was me, like I didn't realize that. Wow, I have emotional problems until I got older <laughs> because I was that person, like, man, I don't even, I don't want to cry because I don't got time to be sad right now. That ain't doing nothing for me, or. I don't want to be sad because I don't want people to see me sad. Now people feeling sorry for me. Or now my mama worried about me so that she can't worry about my sisters because she like, that's the person I became. Like, I don't have time to be sad. And that really like, it beat me in the butt later because then I became this grown person. Like, wow, you need to cry. Like, it, it, it got to the point where it was hard to cry. Like, well, I wanted to cry so bad, but I just, I'm just like, you know, like kind of like you on the toilet and you constipated and you trying to get that out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, please. I always feel so frustrated, but I just couldn't let that out. But it wasn't until that I really got into like, all right, like you got some problems you need to deal with. Like you need to deal with you. Like don't worry about business right now. Don't worry about like, take a minute to just focus on you, not the future, not just focus on you. And when I started taking those steps, like some days I would stick to a car because I felt like, who cares? I don't have a boss. Like, I don't care. Like, and I think a lot of people, they don't know how to be by themselves and things like that because they feel bad about having to uh, be sad or having to cry. Uh, they feel bad about just taking that time to not care to put themselves first, but when you do that, you start learning so much stuff about yourself, and then you'll be like, wow, I'm an amazing person. Like, you have to be in tune with yourself. You know what? I want us to look at something here, and I want us to look at it from a standpoint. Ask yourself the question, who is society? Mm-hmm. Society is us, right? Because we really shape what society is. People in general shape what society is. We put the pressures on ourselves be to a certain level. Right. No one else. And, and, and we say society. Well, yeah, society, because that's us. We actually put that on our own pressure on ourselves to live up to expectations. What about whatever happened to us just living day to day, dealing with the what's today. going on today, today? 
whether looking for what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. Because we got this innate ability to think that we're supposed to be at a certain point at a certain time. Yeah, I think that. I would say a lot of that has been the basis of social media. Yeah. Yeah. Like when it comes to being somewhere, well, where you're in terms of where you're supposed to be in life, social media has not been the best. It has actually been one of the worst places to actually put that on a person. So if you look at a young black male or uh, young black or any type of person really it says you have so many people that's putting on this this fake aspect of life that's just really pressuring you trying to say like hey you need to be here Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. you got people that's 19 and 20 Mm -hmm. and 21 years old thinking they're supposed to have it all together right in this very moment but in real in reality that's not it it takes it takes time to get where you want to be yeah. And it takes time for success and it takes time for the things you want in life. Yeah. And some people, of course, you have those type of people who looked up and met the right person or whatever. Right. And they they got a little bit of success, a little bit of fame or whatever. But that's not the general case for everybody. Sometimes it, it just you at your own pace, you living in your own pace. So the pressure that especially I would say, well, I didn't even say especially, but I would say with young black males, the pressure that's put on us for relationships, success, life, um, just really us, um, physical look, mm-hmm. physical yeah. looks, yeah. whatever, the pressure that is put on us to really just be where you need to be in life, especially trying to survive in America, trying to be a black man in America, trying to do all this different type of stuff, the pressure that's put on us, it's really, it's really hard. And it's, it, it's, it's no, nah, I ain't gonna say that now. Cause <laughs> yeah, black yeah, women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't yeah. Gonna say that. Nah, I ain't gonna lie, I gotta give my pops on that. Yeah. No, cause like, uh, literally, like you said, social media, is like literally just ruining us because probably like back in the day when it came to like your success or school or career, you just, you didn't, you wasn't focused on everybody else because you didn't see what everybody else was doing. So you just going at your pace, doing things, how you want to do it, whatever your path is. But now it's like, even though it's still just our race, it's like we running against everybody because we see Mm -hmm. this person doing this. We see this person doing that. And it's like, okay, you just need to focus on what you're doing and try to get to the destination. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing because everybody get to the destination at a different time. So just because somebody doing something right now don't mean they're going to be doing that three years from now. And just because you're here now don't mean that's where you're going to be four years from now. One thing I'm proud of is that, one, I don't have to deal with what y'all are dealing with as y'all grow up. We didn't have social media. And so, it, I man, it took probably a month, two months before anybody found out anything that I did because we didn't have that access. Now it's like a nanosecond. Every, the entire country, world knows about it. And so y'all have to deal with that aspect of it. And then, too, our music was just better. But that's a that's another yeah, day. Oh, come on now. Get out of here. <laughs> come on now. Day. That's another day. But, but, but look, but seriously. No, but, but, but seriously. I've learned this through the years, though. It's not about getting to the destination. It's the journey. You know, because you can pick up so many different nuggets, so many different things that you learn and mature. If 
you got to get to a point though that you're always mature. It's not about growing in a way that you know you're successful. It's like maturing because when you get to the be successful and to a certain point, you'll be able to handle it. You know, and, and, and I say that because I had to learn when my daughters were young, we struggled. Now my son is 17 and 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 they say, well, he he get everything, he do this. Well, we were in a different time. I had to, we had to get there first, you know, we had to build some first, you know, and now he gets the best of that. And it wasn't that we didn't want the girls to have it, but we just didn't have it. Yeah. So it just it does take time and you can't get discouraged and, and going. And it's just like what you, you said, Drew, is that you didn't have a blueprint. None of us had a blueprint. Yeah. Even the blueprint we thought we had was flawed. And so when you have a flawed blueprint and you going in and try to build that house, you're like, whoa, the room is on the other side, not over here. It's, it, it really messes with your brain and your psyche when it, you, you're thinking something's supposed to be something and it's not. We have young folks, and I deal with this in college as well, trying to, to say, you know, once you graduate, you got to have this job, you got to get this house, you got to get married, you got to do this. Y'all don't do that. Y'all, y'all trying to be successful out the gate. Even in college, y'all trying to be successful. And I used to tell Kaveza uh, when she was in school, I was like, stay in the dorm because you don't have to worry about bills. You don't have to worry about this. You don't want to stay in the dorm. No, but I want to, you know, I'm trying to slow the process down so she don't have to deal with life right now. And and we, we want to get to a certain point so fast that we forget that there are things that we got to deal with along the way. And if we're not mature enough, they break us in the process. And you don't want to be broken in the process because you may not ever get back. And that's the struggle is getting back because it's always easy to fall off. But to get back, you got to put some work into it. That's why as you know, young black man, we have to enjoy the journey because we got a long ways to go. Like we haven't even set the fire yet. Like, you know, for us, you know, um, you know, you've been in the game for years, so you done seen it all, you done did it all, you know, pretty much experienced everything there is to see. Um, but you know, as young black men, including you as well, um, you know, we got a long ways to go. And, you know, like you like we were going back to, you know, the social media aspect. Um, you know, we we see, you know, all these things, you know, people post their accomplishments daily about, you know, uh crying in the house, cars, businesses, you know, all types of stuff. And, you know, we, we, we get in our heads like, well, dang, like, I ain't got the year. But I know for me, like, I, I, I see that stuff, you know, day to day that I'm on social media. But, you know, I'm always telling myself, you know, my time is coming. And, you know, you have to constantly tell yourself, you know, my time is coming. It's going to be a time where I'm posting that same picture. Just just got my first house. Just got this car. Just, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. when it did this, did yeah. that, travel the world. Whatever it is that you want to do in this world, like, I see some of that stuff on social media and I say, okay, cool. Like, you know, my time coming and you have to constantly tell yourself that. Um, and, you know, half of the stuff you see about, you know, with, with people doing some of this stuff, you know, rappers doing now, yeah. it's not real. Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't get too influenced yeah. about, you know, what they're doing. I, <laughs> if, I, if I go down that rabbit hole that you talked about, Drew, we'll be here two more hours. <laughs> because I can definitely tell you some things about how the posting, the attention-seeking uh, uh, that validates people. Yeah. People needs attention to validate who they are, and that's when you're not comfortable, Makai, in who you are and who you in your own skin, and that becomes an issue. And so, as black men, 
more than anything, we have to exude confidence. We have to always exude this, 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 this African king. Well, guess what? This African king needs someone to lean on sometimes, need a prop, but we don't get to that point because we're so busy trying to be that. And so, but before we get out of here, because look, we 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 gonna stop the recording. We can keep talking, but <laughs> but I'm just saying. Uh, I want to talk about one thing before we get out. Oh, you want to talk about one thing before we get out? <laughs> here? We got to. Okay, so so <laughs> so before we uh, get ready to get out of here, uh, I'm gonna let Makai talk about what he want to talk about, and I'll I'll wrap up. But uh, man, I enjoyed you guys. I enjoyed the freedom, the honesty uh, that you guys have. And I'm serious, man. I you know we. Cut the tape off and just keep going. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I want you guys to be proud of yourself, of, of the men that you become, because not every day you see a young black man that are doing the things that you guys are doing. And so you still have to be proud of yourself for where you have uh, uh, gotten to at this point. And there are many other things out there for you. You just got to stay focused. Uh, Makai, and then we're going to wrap up. Oh, I just wanted to talk about with it. Well, not necessarily talk about, but just kind of like just gifts or one of my experiences. So like, we can really understand what it means to be a black man in America because a lot of times like people hear that and get tired. It just sounds so stereotypical or it sounds like a cliche, just like kind of when people say, oh, that's another angry black woman. Like when like being a black man in America is so hard and a lot of people kind of like minimize that, like what it truly means. If you go back and you look at like situations like Emmett Till mm -hmm. and things like that, it, it's kind of messed up because it, it's, it's years worth of history. So being a black man in America, it's just like, oh, it's, it's you expect to be strong. Oh, oh, well, like people can be all the time. Like you better be lucky you alive. Like stuff like that, like it's crazy. Um, I just want to give my uh, experience with um, police brutality because I was that guy who was on Twitter, like, oh, another Black Lives Matter post. Like, I love my people, but it's just like, it's 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 kind of like when the artist dropped the same, when the same artist dropped too much, like, it's just too much at one time. So now you kind of can't get the, you can't really see the significance of the issue because it's so much of it going on. So um, one time I'm leaving from a music venture, you know what I'm saying? I'm, a, um, I'm licensed, you know, to carry my firearm. So I have my firearm and I get into it with my aunt on the way back. Like just some family issues, you know how that goes. So I'm mad, you know, I'm driving back. I'm doing something that I, I shouldn't have no business doing. Um, I'm mad and you know, I tell you, I deal with anxiety, I deal with stress. So that situation, I'm like, I need to smoke. So I'm rolling up. I'm rolling up on the way from Georgia, just um, trying to head back to Montgomery. It's like 11.59 at night, and I'm I'm pissed, but I just, I'm just trying to smoke and make it home. So I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I was speeding. Not annoying, but you know how you kind of mad, and you just, you be like, dang, I'm going kind of fast. So I wind up getting pulled over, right? So I'm getting pulled over. I know, I, I know what I got, but the police don't. So... As soon as I get pulled over, it's it's no hey like uh may I see a license or registration or nothing like well actually it was can I see a license registration and then from there I asked where am I getting pulled over for can I lie and then they start like have y'all have ever seen uh Queen and Slim 
I swear to God, like I had started like a, a week before and I was just like, I'm going to die. Like I'm going to die. So basically um, he started being really aggressive. He started yelling, he started clutching. And next thing I know, like he doesn't search the car, he, nothing. Next thing I know, I'm outside on my stomach, on the ground, handcuffed for speeding. You know what I'm saying? So now he gets my um, license registration. I'm still on the freeway, like embarrassed, like for speeding, for speeding, embarrassed. And my brother, he's on Facebook Live, so everybody hearing it, like everybody worried. And I say at that point in my life, that's when I understood what it is to be a black man in America. Like, wow, I have weed, I have a gun, I'm licensed, and Another thing with that, being a black man in America, it's like, wow, I got to watch out for police. I got to watch out for my brothers that's looking at me and jealous of what I got going on. So a lot of the people going to hear, oh, he had a gun. Nah, they put a negative connotation on that when people don't understand I have to survive every day. Like, and especially in my line of business, like, I have to survive because envy and jealousy is real. So basically, I say, like, I'm on, I'm on, um, I'm on my stomach. I'm handcuffed, and I get up. He put me on the back of the car. He like, next time you get pulled over, don't ask any questions. Just do what I say. And I'm like, wow. So I'm like, you mean to tell me I have marijuana on me? I have a license. I mean, I have a gun, but in my mind, I know that. Okay, now my the drugs alleviate the license. So if something does happen, like I'm screwed. All right. All of that, all of that confusion, and he doesn't even search the vehicle. So that just shows you, like, they just, like being a black man in America, in America, it's just like, I, we're we're always oppressed for no reason. Here I am feeling like, wow, I'm about to go to jail, but it's not even that. This person just wants to show, oh, you, I, no matter how far you get in life, you, I, I'm still gonna own you. Like, I can't even, even if I was to go to jail for what I had, it's like, as a black man, you still have rights. You know what I'm saying? Marijuana is legal in some areas, and in some areas it's not. Y'all tell me how that makes sense. It doesn't. But you get what I'm saying? It's just wild. Like, that showed me, like, it's not even about the job. It's not even about uh, right from wrong. If you're doing right from wrong, it's about I control you or... You know what I'm saying? Like to be a black at that moment in my life, I was like, wow. So it's bigger than the Black Lives Matter post or like a lot of that stuff that we see and we just get numb to or we start feeling like oh, this normal. Like it's, it's when, when you find yourself in that position and, and you really understand what it means to be a black man in America, you'll be like, wow. It, it, it be, even before you encounter any type of law enforcement, it is incumbent of every black man that is breathing to know that they are a black man. You have to know it because if you don't know it, they will show you exactly what you are to them. This has been a historical tragedy from, for years, years, over 400 some years that we have been dealing with oppression. Just because we are marching doesn't mean that it's going to change. You have to, we have to get inside of these buildings. You cannot make changes from the outside. You have to march, then get your butt inside and make some changes. This is a systematic thing. That's why, it's, that, that's why we have systematic racism. 
is you have to be in the boardroom. You need to be sitting on the Supreme Court. You need to be in the House. You need to be in the Senate. Out here in the streets, it's good. I applaud everyone that marched for Black Lives Matter. But at some point, you have to put your marching shoes down and put your, your uh, shoes on and get in there and make some changes. Because that's what's going to help our people, the ones that's coming after us, y'all sons and y'all daughters and our sons and daughters, is that we have to get inside to make the changes. It's all good. I love marching. I love the people that do it. You're brave. We're brave for doing it, but it's got to be more. You can't just stop at marching. So we got to keep pushing the envelope, but we also got to identify and know who we are. We are black men in America. And if we don't know that, that's a tragedy. Because at the end of the day, if you as a black man don't know that you're a black man, I guarantee you there is somebody out there that's going to show you that you are a black man. So I'm going to end with that. Um, I always say that we all have the ability to change our situations only if we focus on what we can change. And so we just need to focus on what we can change. Don't worry about all that other stuff that's out of our control. Okay, so we just need to uh, focus on that. I want to thank you guys for uh, coming on the podcast. Man, this has been a uh, great, great episode, session, however you want to label it. I appreciate you guys coming on, being vulnerable talking about some of the things that y'all deal with. And uh, we're going to shut this thing out, but we're going to keep talking. And so, uh, Jay, you can, if you got something to say, go ahead. And if not, just stop the video and we can continue to talk. If you got time, if not, you know, we'll keep talking. Yeah, no, I just want to say thank you all for coming on and just being honest and just getting on, getting on here, admitting that you cry sometimes. Because, you know, we don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't you know, we don't say that at all. Because I, yeah. I, I can say this year, I've cried more times this year than I probably have in the last four to five. So it's just like, it's like, it's crazy. So, but yeah, just thanks for coming on and just, and being honest and just speaking your truth. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. I got to say this, because I need everybody to know this. As a black man, if you don't deal with your stuff, you will project it on whoever you end up being with, whoever your significant other is. If you don't deal with your issues, you will start to project it on whoever that is. And that's not cool. So let's be careful. Let's make sure we're handling our business, taking care of us ourselves mentally, emotionally, and physically, so we don't project that onto our significant others and family and support system. I right. thank you for joining Mentality Unchained. We're out. <laughs>